Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Ladies and gentlemen, you've demanded it, you've wanted it, you've begged for it. A sit-down interview with the man himself. Ladies and gentlemen, Rico Bronya on Rico Bronya. Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is named after one of the great defensive first basemen of all time. It's actually a disgrace. He never won a gold glove. I have petitioned Major League Baseball to retroactively go back and award him at least three gold gloves. We present to you the namesake of this podcast, the great Rico Bronya. Rico, first of all, thank you. How are you, sir? Thank you. No, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for um, everyone coming up to me lately. You're getting a lot of play because everyone's asking me why I haven't, or how do I get to you know listen to your new podcast? I'm like, I don't have one. (laughs) I'm I'm a part of one maybe in a way, but I'm not. It's not mine. So I'm getting um actually quite a bit honestly the last couple of weeks. But well, the end of the Mets season till now, people started to really uh, hone in on the Mets. Obviously, for they were they were right there. Well, let let me tell you, all right, because I want to talk a lot about your career, a lot of stuff. But I got to start with when I fell in love with you as a baseball player. <laughs> all right, I, yeah. I remember as like a young Met fan, I would follow the farm system. And they had this first base prospect. Maybe he played third base. I forget if it was third base or first base named Alan Zinter. And yeah. right before the start of the 1994 season, mm-hmm. I, I, get a, I get a news update. The Mets have traded Alan Zinter to the Detroit Tigers for Rico Bronia. And I say to my dad, who the hell is Rico Bronia? Who is this yeah. guy? So we go on Baseball Weekly. Mm-hmm. We start analyzing it. And my dad's like, oh, I just read the scouting report on this guy. Good defensive player. Not a bad hitter. Maybe we'll see him at some point. And you got called mm-hmm. up a few months later, 
and then hit the freaking crap out of the ball to the point yeah. where David Segui lost his first base job. And yep. I loved it. I was like, this is my guy. <laughs> my dad takes me on a road trip to St. Louis and you went like six for six. By the yeah. way, do you happen to remember that game or is that something oh, a fanatical 13 year old remembers? Totally remember it. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it might, you know, selfishly a personal highlight of, you know, my career. That was one of those, you know, top three, top three. I mean, it was like, I think if Saberhagen pitched actually made a, a three, six, three or two on that kind of a short pick and a throw back three, six, three, went five for five the next night, uh, hit a, a 10th inning home run to dead center field to, to, to win the, you know, it was the top of the 10th, I think. I think it was the top of the, I think it was extra innings or the ninth or 10th um, to win the game. So, but I, so I remember that series as kind of a getting over the hump series, you know, because I walked back in the locker room after that five for five game and the three, six, three and Saberhagen was all Campbell. Who are you? You know, where'd you come from? Who, what, you know, where are you from? What's your name? And, and, and then the reporters just kind of flopped. That was the first time the New York media, because they're all on the road, you know, all the, all right. the, the, the reporters that follow the team on the road, they make all the road trips. So that was the first time, you know, camera lights, 20, 30 reporters asking me questions. Ed Lynch, the assistant GM, going, why didn't we bring you up earlier? I heard him in the background. I can still remember hearing him say that. And I was thinking, um, yeah, good question. No. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Seriously, why didn't you call me up earlier? I get that. Yeah. No, I, 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 it was the timing was right. I remember that very well, though. Honestly, yeah, I can remember the hits. I can remember the, the I can almost, you know, smell it, feel it. Well, it was one of those things where David Segui was the first baseman, and I think David got hurt. And so yeah. you got called up as his replacement and then just hit the crap out of the ball to the point where what yeah. were they going to do? They weren't going to send you down. And David Segui ended up getting moved to the outfield. Yeah. And I remember thinking at the time, boy, David Segui must hate Rico Brody because <laughs> Rico just came up and literally took his job. You Wally. Yeah. He got Wally pipped by you, the Lou yeah. Gehrig. So. I mean, I, I jokingly thought that as a kid, but was there ever resentment that you literally took the man's job? Well, you know, it's uh, it's it's interesting to the really sensitive situation because I was trying to fit in, and but I was also trying to compete my tail off because you don't know if you ever get that chance again. So here you are from your your backyard and you're seven years old you, to your chance in the majors, and you know that's all you think about for your whole life, and you get a moment. I mean, you might get a moment and, and no more. So you're like, you're competing your tail off. You're not sleeping. So as much as, you know, you can imagine that, I also want to fit in with the team. Right. Because it was a growing budding team. And I knew when I got traded there, I was possibly going to be part of a growth, you know, youth movement thing. So I wanted all that to happen. But I also knew Dallas Green, uh, you know, or thought I knew him, you know, from my limited experience uh, in the, in, at that level and stuff. But you hear about him and how guys either really love playing for him or hate playing for him. So I said, this is the right guy at the right time. I can compete like a football player. I grew up playing, you know, I had more of that hockey football mentality of compete your arse off, you know, and um, apologize later. And I, so that was not, and it, it, two things. I just started a long story, but um I came off the worst slump in my career from I was playing for Bobby Valentine in uh, you know, in AAA in Norfolk, Tidewater, Norfolk. Right. I don't know, four from my last 40. You know, Wait, so, so you were slumping, you were slumping before you got called up? 
So yeah, so the, from the beginning of that season in AAA, when I'm playing for in AAA with for Bobby V in, in Tidewater, Norfolk, uh, right. for the Mets, I had my best AAA year. I was having two months, three months of being you know, leading the league in home runs and RBIs. My average was like, playing the best that I ever played in my life. So for about two months or so, I'm playing as well as I've ever played. Bobby V totally helped me. I was getting good coaching. I was healthy. And then I went into a tailspin. So I was thinking, oh, but it was too good to be true. You know, finally, here comes reality. I'm going back to stinking again, grounding out to second, striking out. So four for 40, so, you know, bad slump. I don't even know if those are the exact numbers, but it's in the ballpark. And um, that's when I got called up. Wow. So David, yeah, it was, it was <laughs> ironic because David Sigi hurt his hamstring. Yeah. So he pulled his hammy. He was going to go on the DL. They, they called me. Bobby V told me after a game. And he said, don't, you know, I don't want to see you again. Don't come back. You know, something a manager would say to probably every player, but I took it very literal. I said, well, I, you know, I got to get, I got to go. And I, and I got hot. So from being really cold to 0 for 7, my first 7 with the Mets, and then I got a hit, and then it was it was on. Oh, I just, took for some off. reason, I saw the ball different right. than I ever saw it before. Were, were, you, were you scared at that point that you were never going to get the call? Because you were a pretty good prospect with Detroit. You're traded to the Mets, but... I mean, I guess you never know. Maybe you actually never get the call. But was that a fear at that point that you were never even going to get another opportunity yeah. at the major league level? Oh, 100%. You just never know. I had one stint when I was 22 years old, a couple of years before, 1992 with the Tigers. Uh, it went okay. It didn't go great. You know, I thought, I can play here, but I need to, you just need to get a shot. You don't know if you get one. I was starting to – my health was starting to – I was 24, and I had this arthritic thing that um, I was wondering if it's going to be a hindrance. And it was from time to time. So I just, you're just not sure. I mean, there's so many questions. You believe in your heart you could do it, but then the next day you doubt it. And then you go three for three. Yes, I can. And for, you know, you ride that roller coaster of craziness in the minor leagues. When all I could think about is being a big league, you know, big league player, big, big league athlete. So, yeah, you don't know. I was ready to retire the wow. off season or two before, you know, I'm only – I was, you know, being very emotional and stuff. Think of 22, 23. I, I can't do the same. You know, here I am a youngster. Right. But being drafted out of high school, I've been in the game now for five years, you know, four, five, six years uh, out of high school. And I'm like, I'm still young enough to maybe go back and play college football. You know, you know. By, by the way, was speak, <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of this college football thing, and I, I never had any idea about this until recently when I read more about you. Because at the time, I'm just – Here's this left-handed hitting first baseman who's awesome defensively. Went on fire in St. Louis where I happened to see him live. Became the first baseman for a few years. I don't know anything about your past. And I started reading mm. that you were offered a chance to be like the starting quarterback at Clemson. And yeah. you ended up turning that down to pursue your baseball career. What made you yeah. to pick, decide to pick baseball over what appeared to be a pretty, you know, pretty good college football career you may have had? Yeah, I still uh, think about it today. I mean, I, I don't regret it because obviously I was thrilled with getting, uh, you know, the time I did with MLB. So I, don't, I would never want to take go back on that. But I, the reason I still help out and coach some football in high school and college after my career playing years is because I miss football. It's just once you got that in your blood, it's hard to get rid of it. And, yeah, so Danny Ford, the head coach for uh, the Clemson Tigers, a top 10 team. They were going for a national championship just kind of as they are now. Um, back then they were, uh, you know, maybe lose one, two games. 1981, they won the national title. So this is like 87. And they they recruited me. I, I got offered by USC, 
uh, Miami. Wow. So we're talking, you know, these are the, yeah. these are the Gino Coretta, Vinny Testaver, Jimmy Johnson was the coach. Uh, the, 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 uh, Todd Marinovich, I was the same year as Todd Marinovich and they offered me wow. as they offered him. So I was out there on my visit. It was one of my five official visits to SC with, uh, um, they had a, they beat Michigan state that year in the Rose bowl. So they were f- passion drive and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, led headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You know, winning the pack, what was it, pack eight back then or whatever it was. Um, yeah, and, and uh, Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, and Miami. And Georgia Tech was in there having a good run, too. So it was football all the way. It was, Baseball was a maybe. I don't know. If, but football, it was all football all the time. Penn State. But they didn't. I wanted to play baseball maybe, too, and they didn't have baseball. They came after me real hard. And those were, you know, Joe Paterno. That was when they were going to the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, yeah. So it was on. I mean, I was football. They were at every practice. My senior year, I missed all class. They came and took me out of every class. They were at every, all these schools were at every practice, every game, at my door so at what, 6 o'clock what did in the you, morning before school. What did you like doing more? You know, did you like playing football more than playing mm-hmm. baseball? Yeah, I always thought that I enjoyed doing what I was doing at the time because I was a play multiple sport guy, all, you know, three sports basically football, basketball, and baseball. So whatever I was playing, I really enjoyed the most. But I always looked forward to the next sport. There was just never anything comparable to uh, game day on football. You know, the preparation's tough. And, you know, baseball's great because you play every day, you know, but basketball a few times a week. But game day on football day was different than anything. And it was, you know, we were a state champion in Connecticut. So, we, you know, winning the league, it was a big, big deal around here at home. And, um, you know, Danny Ford flying up on my Thanksgiving Day game my senior year on a on their Clemson Tiger eight-passenger private jet. And he watched in the rain mm. Thanksgiving morning away from his family, kids and everyone. Flew back. He was going to fly back at halftime to South Carolina from Watertown, Connecticut. Stayed. The game was so good. He stayed. He was drenched. Just talking mm. after the game and rain was dripping off my helmet and his hair. So, it was crazy. It was so much fun. Um, and I didn't think I would be drafted in the first round for baseball. So for me, it was football until that, you know, that actually happened. So being drafted first round, cause you're drafted out of high school, first round pick. So obviously yeah. you're highly regarded. That was the thing that convinced you. Let me pursue the baseball. Yeah. It was kind of the time when scouts and organizations follow trends, obviously. And that was a two sport, multi-sport athlete time. For like high draft picks, it was, you know, I was not a Bo Jackson, but that was the time of Bo Jackson. You know, right. that was the time of Deion Sanders. So, or, you know, th- these were multi-sport athletes. And I think a lot of the teams were trying to take multi-sport athletes and use the athletic thing to make them into baseball players. So I was the last pick of the first round. I, th- I was told I'd be a third, fourth, fifth round pick. 
at the you know highest, the best. Mm. And it was the last pick of the first round. Um, yeah, and they just wanted it. They, you know, I needed a lot of time to become a baseball player, but that changed my mind. I'm like, they're going to invest a lot, not financially, because this wasn't even close to what it is now, but they're going to invest in me, developing me as a baseball player. I got to look at this because I know I need that time, but still it was so hard not taking for. I mean, I signed a letter of intent with Clemson. I had the weightlifting program over the summer. I had my room with the other quarterback. I was going to camp early for, yeah. So, I mean, I was looking wow. forward to, they, they, they needed a quarterback too. The right. quarterback was a senior. They, they, it was a senior. So and, how good, mm-hmm. be honest with me now. And it's not going to sound like conceited or arrogant because you know what? You're a freaking hell of an athlete. Think about what you accomplished. How good of a football player would you have been? Do you think you would have made the NFL? I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I don't think um, at the time I would have said yes to, and then maybe along the way I would have said, well, maybe, but now I look back and said, yeah, I, I definitely would have. Um, I de- I don't think there's any doubt. I, you know, I would have got a chance to play as a freshman. I uh, would have competed with anyone as a senior. I mean, Rodney Pete was a quarterback at SC and I'm like, I could, I'm on the field with those guys and tossing it around. Like I can, you know, Besides and you were a left-handed head, throwing quarterback, guys, yeah. a left-handed yeah, throwing quarterback. How awesome is that? I mean, that, yeah, that's yeah, great. Cool. There really aren't that many, and I've always wondered about right. that. Why do you think? You know, obviously Boomer Esiason, who's at our radio station, had a hell of a career. Michael Vick, but you look yeah. at the last twenty-five years in the NFL, there haven't been an Tua, as who's had great success now, but there haven't been yep. that many left-handed quarterbacks. Why? Right. Arm strength usually is a problem. Is a is something that it's you know it's like why the lefties don't why why don't left-handed guys in baseball catch? You know it's kind of weird. They should maybe probably be able to, but I think there's a thing about you know unless even even left-handed pitchers don't usually hold the velocity of right-handed pitchers. The average is usually one one two maybe two point five miles per hour. So there's an arm issue there. I mean usually right. the lefty's known for his touch. He's got good touch and good feel and good accuracy, which I think is quarterbacking. You know, I mean, you're basically trying to pick the right receiver and throw it in his numbers and hit him in the, you know, hit the open receiver. So, but I think there's definitely a thing about velocity. There's not as many of them. I'm not sure why. Um, it's not like being a catcher because there's been more left-handed quarterbacks, obviously, than there's been left-handed catchers. Right, right, right. It's that kind of thing. I think, you know, looking at the arm, from a scouting point of view, the arm strength thing, uh, there's some there's some tendency for the ball to wobble or maybe fade and tail a little bit like a baseball thrower. Did but. you ever have time to watch baseball and football as a kid growing up? Like, did you have a favorite team, favorite oh, yeah. athlete? Oh yeah. No, no. Steve Grogan. I was a Patriot guy. I mean, I was, I didn't miss a Sunday. I still don't. I mean, they played great today. The defense was awesome. <laughs> so, I mean, if fan, they can huh? keep that, I know they, I could, I was shocked. They actually <laughs> beat the Jets. The Jets had the Jets won today. You know, so we um, beat the bills, baby. Yeah. Unbelievable. Losing to the Patriots, I, which makes me sick. <laughs> I know. I couldn't believe the Patriots actually won. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I watched uh, college football, Alabama, Penn State. They were on, you know, every week back then when I was growing up. And, uh, of course, the Patriots on site. Craig James when they came around, John Hanna. And I grew up I went to the old Sullivan Stadium. And, wow. Yeah, and then the Red Sox. You know, I grew up with the Red My dad, so my excuse is that, that my dad grew up. He was born and raised in the north end of Boston. I had, I had no no choice. That even if I wanted to root for another city or team, I had no choice. So he was the, the, right in the downtown Boston. Is it possible now? I'm trying to put this together with your dad being a Red Sox fan. 
that you're named yeah. after Rico Petroselli. Is that a possibility? I thought so. I they told me I was, but then later on they they kind of my parents kind of kind of came up with something like Enrico or is this an Italian name? But I was like all over the Rico Petroselli thing because right, right. like, that's my team. Yeah. And I even met Rico Petroselli when he was managing AAA in Pawtucket and played against him. When I was a player, he was the manager for the Reds. And I, I was named after you. So I'm like 21 <laughs> years old going, I was named after you. Still thinking that. And my parents, I don't know, they reneged on I, I still don't believe them, though. I think I'm going to go with I was named after him. Yeah. The, the, listen, I, I could say totally. this from personal experience. The naming of kids you know, it's really up to interpretation. So, for example, I have a son, and his name is Jet, and I'm a diehard Jets fan. So there's an <laughs> right. assumption that he was named after the Jets. It makes a lot of sense. But me and my wife say, because it's true, it really isn't the case. We just wanted a J name, and we liked the name Jet. But no one believes No way. Him. He was named. I don't believe you either. I don't believe <laughs> I mean, how you're a Jets fan, and Jet, I mean, it's just too after a J. I mean, it's a just happy that coincidence. To get to Jet, get, <laughs> just to is. get to Jet, we need a J. <laughs> That's a great name, by the way, though. That's Thank an awesome you. name, especially if you're an athlete. I mean, think of that name if you're an athlete. I know. Unfortunately, he has my DNA, so I don't know how great of an athlete he'll be. But he loves to play. Loves to play right now, and as a six year old. That's great. Just have a good time and play. Absolutely. So, That's a great name. So no regrets then. Like you were, or some yeah. regrets, like how would you kind of phrase the decision of, cause you had a hell of a baseball career. I mean, you make the major leagues and you're an everyday player for a bunch of years. That's a great success. So do you look back at it all these mm. years later and say, Hey, I made the right decision with playing baseball and pursuing it. Um, It's really hard for me to say yes. Cause I, I'd be, hypocritical for me to say no I definitely I mean you get 10 years in the big leagues which is way longer than I thought I would get how could I not say no I mean that I mean yes that was or yes being that was the right decision to make but I completely miss football when I was playing still miss it I'm helping out with the local high school team as a volunteer coach um so I would have had more fun playing football, but there's no choice or no, no chance that I, the choice I made was quote unquote wrong. I mean, cause I had the time of my life, although I was baseball's really hard. I mean, there's a lot of, I don't know how you say that. How you, how do you say it? It's uh Hal McRae, one of my hitting coaches, a uh, great hitting coach, great, great person, great, became a great friend said that, you know, baseball players, including himself, when he was a player, he said, you know, we're miserable while we're playing. It's only when you look back on the game from that previous day or that night or back on your career, you know, when you look back on games and your experience, do you really enjoy, wow, that was cool. But when you're going through it, it's really hard. Is that, is that, that because, the same with football or not, but. is that because like you fail 75% of the time, like yes. that cliche, is it because yes. even when you're doing well, like when you had 350 in 1994, great, you failed yes. 65% of the time. I think you nailed it. I think that's it. I think that's, it's a hard sport physically because you play every day. You never can, you know, but you want to play every day. That's fun, but your body can't recover really precise. So you're really going to be challenged physically, uh, which I was, and every player is that plays every day, but the failing, you hit it. That's nail on the head. You got to be happy. You have to learn how to embrace failure right. for an athlete. And especially like I was like the foot, you know, I had different 
Northeast football mentality where that wasn't acceptable. You know, um, even in high school baseball, you know, if you didn't go four for four, three for four, four for five, or whatever, five for five, it was a bad day. You're not failing at that level in high school baseball in the Northeast. So, and especially football, you know, you got to go on to feed King and lose a game. Right. Failure was not an option. So that was always, yes, great point. That is it. 